Hi, this is Tim Ackesy from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here today with a friend of mine. I'm going to interview him. He's 24 years old, and ironically, he came to me in 10th grade, briefly, and he wasn't ready for speech therapy. And I learned that he had a brief stint of speech therapy back in fourth grade. So fast forward to 10th grade, he came in, he was not ready to deal with the stutter, which we're going to hear from him here in a second. And then in the beginning of 2020, career and life led him to come in to face his stutter. So I'd like to hear if you would just t tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, please. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thank you for giving me this platform. Um, my name is Hunter Burgess. I am 24 years old. I was born in South Carolina, um, raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I've dealt with stuttering all my life. Um, to me, it it defined me for a long time. Most of my life, um, I dealt with the, the anxiety, the daily issues, um, everything like that that comes with stuttering. Um, and I wasn't ever ready to do anything about it. I wasn't ready to put in the effort. I didn't have courage. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to identify as somebody who did stutter. Um, and then 2020 comes around and a lot of things were happening in my life. And it kind of made me um, re realize that this isn't going to change on its own. It's something that I've got to actually put effort into. I've got to actually try. I've got to do everything I can in my power um, to actually I actually try to improve my speech. Um, I, you know, I always say that throughout my whole life, I was very optimistic that one day I would just wake up and I would be able to talk fine. Um, and while that's a good, you know, that's a good, it's always great to be optimistic about things. Um, I really wasn't putting in any, any work. I wasn't doing anything to actually make that my reality. So um, I came back to Tim and at the beginning of 2020 and it's been great ever since. Well, thank you. You came in the beginning of 2020 because you were in a career which required speaking, yet you were avoiding a lot. Exactly. I, I'm going to bench that for a second. And we're going to go back to college. So you had a little bit of speech therapy, and then you went to college, and your stuttering reared its head. W would you share with us what it's like to go to college with a stutter? I personally went to college with a stutter and all my stuttering from childhood and high school, um, I had to face the dragon, I say, with all new listeners participating in the class, wanting to meet, meet women, mm -hmm. and uh, in classrooms where I'd have to re read out loud or do a report. And so please share with us what it was like to go to college. Yeah, exactly. College was tough, man. Um, I think the biggest part for me was being in a new environment at that at that age. Because as you grow older, you start to realize uh, the world more. You start to realize people more. Um, and I think that starting college, I got by in high school, right? I did, you know, I did just enough. I didn't do too much. I didn't talk too much. I was trying to just maintain every day. Um, but as I got to college, it was a lot more group presentations. Uh, there was projects. There was introducing ourselves in classrooms. I mean, there, and then obviously there's a whole new group of people and a lot more of them. 
So to me, it was just really tough to get through college trying to avoid speaking, trying to avoid any social interactions. Um, so eventually I did drop out um, because of this. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have the courage. I didn't have the willpower. I didn't have anything. My, my mindset was not in the right place to try to push through all this. Um, and I always say that, you know, I felt like I could be the president if, if, I, if I didn't stutter. Um, and, I, and I truly believe that because I think that I'm smart enough. I think that, you know, I'm, I am personable enough but I always let the stutter, I always let it define me in a negative way. Um, and, you know, as for college, it's just, I felt like there was no way I could actually finish college with, with a stutter. Every year I meet children who just started sixth grade. So they're, they're, their middle school may be brought two or three different schools together or in ninth grade, maybe three middle schools all come together for high school. College freshmen, every single fall, I get inquiries, oftentimes from the parent on behalf of their adult child. My daughter just got to college and she's in a crisis with her stuttering. My son just got to college, he's in a crisis with his stuttering. My daughter got through college with a stutter, but her interviewing is a nightmare with her stuttering. So a theme here is to make a lot of improvements before going off to college. And parents want to know that also that do your best to support your child. You know, there's no cure for, for, for stuttering as we've learned. People can learn a lot of very helpful tools for coping, to present in front of a group, to say their name, a basic thing like saying your name in college. So you're stuttering graded at you so much that you, 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 you dropped out, out of college. I wonder how many people out there in this world got into college and quit because of their stuttering. We know there are people who find it difficult in certain jobs and trades. Some people will quit a job because they have so much trouble talking, or some people won't seek employment because they have so much trouble talking, they're afraid to stutter. And once you get into a new environment, you can begin to, 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 to project. What if people find out I stutter? What will they think? And so we come back to 2020, and would you please tell us what you were doing for work and the steps you were doing trying to conceal the stutter. Yep, of course. So at the beginning of 2020, um, I started working as a utility locator for a company called USIC. Um, I picked this job because I thought that it would be a job that I didn't have to talk much. Um, it was a very independent job, I thought. Um, it comes to, to the time when I have to go into somebody's yard and mark their yard up with paint, right? Um, and most of the time, it's the common courtesy to actually go and knock on a door and to let the homeowner know this. Um, but of course, with my stutter, I was trying to avoid any interaction with a homeowner. So for the first month or two, I avoided it at all cost. I, I mean, there was no way I was going to knock on any door. I was not going to make any phone calls unless I absolutely had to. Um, and then I started working with Tim. And I realized that what I was doing was projecting my thoughts onto these homeowners. Um, these homeowners didn't know me. Most of the time, they were very pleasant. Um, and the fact is that if I went up to the 
door and I did stutter, it's not going to change their day at all. They're not going to think of me any less. They're not going to change their opinions of me. Um, so it was just a thing that I had to get over in my mindset. I had to learn that even if I do stutter, it's not going to change anything. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, there are times because I own a home. If you look out the window and you see someone who's painting on your grass, you think, oh, my gosh, they're going to start digging. <laughs> and if you've had someone dig in your yard, all of a sudden you're triggered. So you have not knocked on my door. I look out and you're painting. I may come out and confront you. What are you doing? Are you going to dig? Which makes it harder for you to communicate because the person is hostile. So by knocking on the door, you develop a rapport with the person so at least they know what you're doing and you're going to promise them, I'm not going to dig. If I do dig, you'll know about it in advance. So by avoiding talking, avoiding going to the door, it actually set up some moments that were hostile, didn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there was times when I would even knock on the door of one homeowner, start to paint their yard, and their neighbors would actually come out and be curious. And, you know, obviously at that point they were already mad too because I'm outside painting, so they thought I was going to paint on their house next. Mm -hmm. um, and with me, my heart rate would just spike. I would get nervous. I didn't really know what to say or do mm -hmm. because... The one thing I didn't want to do was stutter whenever somebody's mad at me because I felt like it would just escalate that situation even more. Mm -hmm. Good. And then, so you found basically that the uh, attempted solution was the pro problem from the standpoint that if you were afraid to go knock on the door to in introduce yourself and tell them that you were there just to paint in their grass, that it backfired. Because the fear of stuttering went on and people came out, they're hostile. And then you also mentioned that you had to deal with phone calling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a few months into my job, um, we got very, very busy. And at the end of my days, I would have to make phone calls with our contractors and actually reschedule everything. Um, I mean, I, at one point I was making up to 20 phone calls. It would take me over an hour to each day just making phone calls. And to backtrack some being on the phone is probably my worst fear. Um, for some reason, in my mind, the phone is a very scary thing. So obviously, as you, you could probably tell, this was not the ideal job for me. Um, so after talking with Tim, I used some techniques I learned from him. You know, I look every time I call anybody, I would look in the mirror. I would watch myself talk. I would stop projecting my thoughts also. And I would also use my foot to try to phrase better to try to use my sentences in a way um, that would make it easier for me to talk. Also, what, what I did was I had a pre-programmed speech, right? So I knew what I was going to say the majority of the time I called anybody. And this led to me being comfortable saying that thing so I wouldn't have to scramble in my head with all these thoughts. Um, Very good. Yeah, because you mentioned that if, 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 if the weather were to change or something, you would have to call people and tell them that, and these were, were people who were on, on job sites who were expecting you to come out and mark for them to build, you would have to call them and tell them that you couldn't make it and that you'd be out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so it's common for people who stutter to kind of wing it, to one day I say this, one day I say the other, whichever one I think will come out. But what you're saying is that you developed 
a re repetitive script. Hi, this is Hunter from so-and-so, and I wanted to inform you I won't be able to get to your property because of weather, but I'll be there tomorrow by 10 a.m. So by doing a rote script, then you are able to hone in on how do I say it. Exactly. I calm myself down. I get rid of the negative thoughts. I look in the mirror of my vehicle because I'm winding up my job. I look in the mirror and I execute all these calls. They're very fluid and it takes a fraction of the time because I'm not in a panic mm -hmm. about making the calls. So the therapy we did combined CBT, changing our beliefs about stuttering, our projections, getting rid of shame and embarrassment. And then it also had the mechanics of speech. How do I use a mirror? How do I phrase my words? You also, you had a fear of H's. Your first name is Hunter. And you shared with me a phobia of words starting with H. Please share with, with our audience the aggressive and crazy things we did to get rid of the fear of H, which allowed you to say your name at the beginning of this podcast. I did a lot of training, right? So I would call Jiffy Lube and, and other places, and I would do a fake stutter. Um, and this kind of desensitized me to the fact that I actually do stutter. Um, and it's funny because eventually I forgot that I was doing a fake stutter and I would just talk normally and it would be perfect speech. So it just got me over that fear fact, right? Somebody might quip, we should be the best at our name. If my name is Thomas, I start saying Thomas when I'm about two and a half years old or Tim or Steven or Matthew or Hunter that at age 24, I have a phobia of my name. How does that happen? Do you, do you want to give some insight as, as we attach shame and embarrassment to our name, we develop the phobia of our name? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all my life, I've avoided introducing myself. I mean, I didn't, I would even say my name was Daniel. You know, I would, I would use either my mid, my mid middle name or a fake name. Um, so just growing up and just having this instilled in my mind that the H word is, is impossible to say, it really caused me I I issues trying to introduce myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I just worked through it. You know, I mean, you got to do it more. You can't be afraid to go out there and say it. The more that you don't say it, the harder it will be to say. So there's a theme, proactive or reactive. Reactive is I hope one day when I have to say my name, that it comes out, that I'm out socially and I bump into somebody and they go, what's your name? And I'm able to go, uh, Hunter. But we know because of anxiety about stuttering, a lot of times we end up blocking. Now, proactive is I form a goal in my mind that I want my name to be stable, whether it's on the phone, at Starbucks when they ask for my name, Introducing myself, a job interview, internet chat. I want my name to be stable. I want to just come out. So those phone calls, some of them had the fake stutter. And we used the word Hyundai. Like, how much is an oil change for a Hyundai Sonata? So the intentional stuttering, which was done with eye contact in a mirror, as you said, it took away the shame and embarrassment of stuttering. Mm -hmm. From a motor level... 
it helps the larynx learn how, how to release the stutters. So again, it's combining CBT, changing our thoughts and feelings, and motor speech skills as a combo. Now, you, you, you played sports in, in high school. Mm-hmm. So being an, an, an athlete, you really kind of grasped doing things like drills. Mm-hmm. A big theme here is when my intention is to not stutter, when my intention is to conceal my stutter, when my intention is to avoid people, my anxiety about stuttering continues. When I change my intention that I'm going to overcome the fear of stuttering, I'm going to transcend this thing called stuttering, change the meaning of stuttering, remove the stigma of stuttering, I unleash the lion. So you did all of this great stuff. It's like your job was a metaphor. So let's pretend I worked at the food court of the shopping mall. You know, I can use that to face my stuttering. Um, was really cool as I met you about February, I re-met you about Feb 1 of 2020. On March 7th of 2020, you did the unthinkable. <laughs> you stood in front of an audience of about 90 people at a screening of When I Stutter. And in front of that group, what are some of the things you opened up in front of a group and said, I stutter. And what did you do that day? And what was your, why did you want to do it? That's a great question. So like I told Sarah last week, um, I'm, I have this mindset now where I don't say no to anything because all my life I've missed out on opportunities. So when Tim asked me to go and to go and speak, I automatically said yes. Now, what was I scared? Absolutely. What was I nervous? Yes. But I knew that I had to get past that hump, right? I knew that I had to get to get up in front of everybody and talk. And after I did that, I realized how big of a deal it's not. If that that makes any sense. Oh wow. Yeah, I realized that mm-hmm. this is a lot easier than I'm making it out to actually be. Um, so for me, it gave me confidence. I mean, I was thrilled afterwards, even though I didn't, you know, speak as well as I wanted to. Just the fact that I got up there and talked was a big deal for me. Yeah. So in high school, you tried to avoid standing in front of a group and talking in college you did. And then you left college because of stuttering. And then here you are, you stand in front of an audience of about 90 people. (laughs) You stood up there willingly told the world, I'm here because I stutter and I want to face my stuttering. It was massive. Um, I want to take this the take take this quick minute here to plug the movie When I Stutter. Go to whenistutter.org and download that movie. It is a game changer. Absolutely. For years we had so many movies that were garbage about stuttering that ridiculed people who stutter. And make sure you see When I Stutter. So here we have a guy, he's 24 years old, and his last job he's had, he has used that job to confront his stuttering. And um, rumor has it, you're going to finish your degree. I want to hear about that. Absolutely. Um, My plan is to finish it very, very soon. I've got about two and a half years left, um, and I'm actually excited about it. I'm excited to learn again. Um, and then I'm also excited that I can go in there without fear every day. I mean, uh, before I was scared to go to every class, you know, I would drop classes all the time and it just prolonged my stay there and it actually cost money too. 
Um, so now I'm going to go go back and I'm going to I'm I'm actually very excited to take in-person classes. I don't want to do this on 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 online school. I want to be there in front of my teachers and my peers and I want to, you know, I want to try my best to put myself out there. Mm. Um, so it's something I'm very very excited about. That's deep. Um, that you really really want the ability to have in-person classes, to do the full Monty, to face the stuttering. Mm-hmm. It's a flashback of me going to work at the front desk of a major hotel to face my stuttering. Um, so what advice do you have for kids about, and I was a kid who had five years of speech therapy at school, five years. I was actually getting worse instead of better. And then I quit speech therapy, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, all the way through college. Then it was an emergency. But do you have any, any uh, thoughts for children um, keep asking mom and dad maybe for a new speech therapist or keep trying some different things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just work on your speech, you know, like don't be afraid to be at home and look in the mirror, you know, and, and, and talk to yourself, talk to your mm-hmm. parents and your, and your friends a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just be open about it. Um, my biggest thing growing up was that I didn't want to admit that I was a stutterer or mm-hmm. that, you know, I was, I was a person who did stutter. Mm-hmm. So this made my mindset of it very very bad so i projected these thoughts for years and years and years and now i'm trying to un unlearn that so my biggest advice is just to go out there get outside of your comfort zone and just keep trying every day is not going to be great but over time it it will accumulate into better speech and more confidence as well nice yeah you have to accept your stutter and then after that you want to evolve or transcend. Mm-hmm. First accept. Acceptance isn't enough, though, um, for, the, for the human spirit to um, evolve into, just like you said, in the beginning of, of 2020, I accept, I stutter, um, sick and tired of being sick and tired. So mm-hmm. then you addressed it, you dove in. But this makes sense. And there's so many things in life that, initially you know we fear before we get better that would be diving ice skating so many different things that there's a fear factor but um you got to face it to do it and avoidance is a dead end so you want to you're going to finish your degree Mm -hmm. now are you going to pick a job where you don't have to talk or a job you got to talk I'm going to pick the job where I, I got to talk the whole time. You know, I might even do do sales. I'm not sure yet. But no, but in, you know, in all seriousness, um, the ability to know that I can do a job where I, I can talk is the big deal. Right. So uh, before I would I would always look at jobs where I didn't have to, to talk. I would be like, OK, that job I might have to talk. I might not. Now every job is like a is like a, a opportunity for me. Now I don't I don't have to shy away from anything. So that's the thing that, that I'm really most excited about. Nice, nice. Um, any closing thoughts for other people who stutter? Any kids out there? Any parents out there looking for help for their kids? Yeah, man. I mean, I could go on for days about this. You know, I mean, it's it's something I'm very passionate about, but. If I could say anything is don't let it define you in a negative way. You know, just be confident, talk, don't ever stop talking. I mean, it is a powerful tool. Speech and talking is a very powerful tool. And if you don't use it, 
it's it's you know it's sad it's sad that i went through life and that others go through life trying to not talk um i mean you know when you can learn so much by by talking that um my biggest advice is to you know go out there do as much talking as you can and just be you know be confident and just be great Mm -hmm. that's right if you stutter what you have to say is just as important as someone who doesn't stutter so anyone out there speak up be heard and keep talking. Thank you so much for your time, Hunter. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it.